Hello, hello. Welcome to the Natural Misconceptions Podcast. My name is Stephanie Mora, and I'm here to highlight all the misconceptions that we hold about life, culture, natural family planning, and fertility. I'm here to ask family, friends, and experts to help me uncover and debunk common myths, misunderstandings, and misconceptions. So get ready to learn and laugh while we pull back the veil, because on this podcast, there's no such thing as TMI. Hello again, dear one. I am so glad you're here for round two. This is the first official episode as I consider that first one, the intro, a mini episode. Now, I said it before, I have felt quite a lot like I have imposter syndrome with this whole process. For that last one, I started off uh, basically with a typed out script for the first portion of it and then went off the cuff, mainly because I think I got distracted writing out the script, and I felt like I needed to fill it in and had more things to say. But I also said a prayer and felt like the Holy Spirit kind of finished off what he wanted to say toward the end of it. So I'm hoping that um, as I get used to this process and you get used to the way that I speak, you can glean a lot of good info as well as allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you um, through me about the goodness of womanhood, about the goodness of our cycles and our fertility and the beauty that woman brings to creation. Um, But that's essentially kind of what I wanted to really talk about on episode one. Again, this is just me solo today, but I will have um, the next episode will be with my very favorite person. Uh, My best friend Maggie dates back to uh, the ninth grade. She is um, engaged getting ready to be married very soon. So I'll have her on to kind of chat about what tracking looks like as an engaged person and kind of look into what it'll be like tracking as a newlywed person as well. But for today, I kind of wanted to just, again, go off the cuff and let the Holy Spirit move through me. Um, So some of the things that he was putting on my heart to share was just, like I said, the beauty of womanhood. And, um, you know, as I mentioned before too, I knew that my initial cycle issues that I had had in college um, would most likely be treated with birth control by most doctors. And I also recall, in fact, I, I've, this is actually just now coming back to me as I speak. I did see a general practitioner for other issues. And as they're doing that intake information, they always ask, right, what do you use for birth control? And I said, well, you know, I'm actually not on birth control. I don't use anything. And he said, well, aren't you engaged? He saw my ring. And I said, yes, I am. And he said, oh, your poor fiance. Man, he's going to something along the lines of having a hard time and that he probably couldn't wait for the wedding night. Now, first of all, gross. Um, For a stranger, despite the fact that he's a medical professional, it's just not anyone's business to talk about my sex life. However, here I am on a podcast, and I will likely have to allude to it very frequently. Sorry, love. But I feel like those cultural understandings of what sex is and what sexuality is and what we're made for are all just garbage. They're they're disgusting. Um, And not because I or the Catholic Church are prude, but because it just completely strips the depth and beauty of what 
our bodies are made for, which is to be co-creators with God himself. I'm going to say that again. We are called to be co-creators with God himself. Now, that is the case whether or not you are called to be married. Every single female has a calling to be mother, and that could be spiritual. And I don't say that lightly either because I know that there are an unfortunate amount of wonderful people, wonderful mamas who have yet to actually get a big fat positive pregnancy test or BFP. And while I have unfortunately suffered a miscarriage, I don't know what it's like to have that longing with absolutely no end in sight. So this goes to everybody, regardless of your station, if you're single, if you're a discerning religious life, if you are going through infertility, secondary infertility, have gone through many miscarriages, just one, you're pregnant for the first time, or have any number of children, you are called to be mom. It's as simple as that. And how beautiful and insane. Lord, why are you asking something so difficult of all of us? Um, It's beautiful. It's our way. It's our cross. And so for those who aren't yet mamas or won't possibly ever be mamas for whatever reason mentioned before, that motherhood comes in sisterhood, in friendship, in praying for those who look up to you, in leading others to Christ, in nurturing them in any way that you know how. And that's essentially what it is. It's it's a nurturing. And so that's why I think I and probably many others, especially in the Catholic arena, get frustrated with the perversion of what sexuality is. It just completely negates that we are co-creators with Christ. Um, now, I hope eventually to reach a wider audience. Um, that's not to say I don't want to be incredibly Catholic because I feel like everything I say comes out with that lens, which is just how it's supposed to work, right? Whatever you ascribe to in life is going to be that lens you have on all things. Um, but if and when I do have listeners that aren't Catholic or um, or even Christian at all, when I when I speak of these things, I just want every listener to know that this podcast is not just for Catholics or Christians. This is for anyone looking to learn more about what fertility is. Now, they are all one and the same to me. And so I will speak of these things interchangeably of fertility and co-creation because they can't be separated. So if you are non-Catholic or not Christian and I say these things, I just want to leave some space for you as well just to hear And then hopefully I'll remember frequently to pause and kind of explain and give caveats that even though you may not be used to the uh, spiritual language, um, it still applies to you. Regardless, you were still made to be co-creators as well. Um, The other component I wanted to hit on is that because of that and because of all women being called to be mothers, our fertility is important to be aware of even if we will never become biological mamas. Because our fertility 
our reproductive systems are so intertwined with every other component of our body, our endocrine system, our nervous system, our digestive system, they are all interrelated. So if one or another of those is off, then it will affect others. Um, as we will come to learn more and more as we have uh, interviews in future podcast episodes. So it's referred to actually within a book as the fifth vital sign. So regardless of, of who you are, what station you have, um, single, married, engaged, religious life, um, even teens and, uh, you know, young girls who are entering into puberty, um, should be aware of this. And I think it's something that not a lot of us have had info on in the early years of our lives. And so we're kind of forced to just figure it out and deal with, deal with the repercussions, right? Like heavy bleeding. Oh, just get a bigger pad. Cramps. All right. Put a heating pad and pop some Motrin. Um, mood swings. Oh yeah. She's on the rag. Yep. Um, there's actually a, a funny bit. It's funny, but it's also super disturbing. If you've ever watched uh, Parks and Rec with um, Leslie Nope is a city counselor. And there's an ongoing joke about an older city counselor who's been there for decades. And they're talking about how the first female city counselor in their town was treated very poorly. Um, they were very sexist in their department and they would track her menstrual cycle to know um, where she was and why she may or may not be particularly moody on a given week. And so they were talking about the atrocities of that in the past. And uh, Leslie makes a comment just kind of against how, you know, how how opposed, how disgusting that was. And then the counselor, that that same old counselor says, you're not due for your monthly until the 28th or something along those lines. And she realizes he, in fact, is tracking her cycle to determine whether or not he should take her seriously based off of where she is in her cycle because of mood swings. Um, and it's funny. It's funny because, yeah, we, we I think most of us have experienced those mood swings that are super common. But when they become extreme and impact your day um, or – worse impact multiple days or worse make you debilitated or you know impact um depression anxiety and things like that then that is when red flags go up that is when you know okay this vital sign my reproductive system is not in proper working order and i definitely have had that as one of the symptoms one of the ear markers to show that i in fact did have low progesterone and was treated with that for my pregnancy um, and praise God for it because I, I do attribute that and prayer and uh, better health overall to why Peter did so well um, through that pregnancy. And I even had a better labor because of it, but uh, that again could be another episode. Um, so one of the things that I kind of wanted to do is have a segment, so to speak, on a variety of these episodes as far as silly misconceptions that don't necessarily have to do with fertility in itself or natural family planning. Um, this is uh, going to embarrass me a little bit, so let me just get into it. One of the biggest misconceptions that I had had into adulthood, I was already in a 20, early 20s, um, college student, and uh, some 
wonderful people at our parish at the time would invite the Newman Center um, students over to their home weekly and made us impeccable meals. And then we would do some sort of study. So we would watch Bishop Robert Barron or um, lots of things from Ascension Press and things like that. So we'd watch video episodes or do a, a book study and things like that. Well, at one of these dinners, who knows how we got to the conversation, but we were talking about eggs, eating eggs, you know? And um, the question occurred to me of how do we know which eggs we can send to the grocery store to be purchased and which eggs will eventually become chickens? And I asked this in all seriousness. Now, if you happen to be like me, one, please let me know. Leave a comment or uh, find me on Instagram. Please, please, please tell me that this has applied to you. That you did not process that when hens lay eggs, they obviously, this seems so obvious to me now, right? The silly, silly misconception. Well, I will never forget the look on the face of um, sweet Kathy. She looked at me like she was looking at an alien that I could ask such a dumb question. But I still wanted to know. I didn't understand. Why can we eat some eggs? Or rather, like, how do we know which ones won't become chickens so that we know we're not going to eat, like, a partially developed chicken as opposed to just the egg? So the chickens who lay the eggs that we eat from the grocery store, or those of you who are awesome and raise your own chickens and eggs... Um, you know how this works, obviously. The eggs obviously have to be fertilized in the same way that a human egg must be fertilized for it to become a person. A chicken egg must be fertilized for it to become a chicken. So I didn't realize that chickens lay eggs whether or not they're fertilized. I thought they only laid eggs if they were fertilized because I didn't really process that in the same way a human also quote-unquote lays eggs, i.e. has their period, ovulates, and then menstruates, whether or not they're fertilized, which is why teenagers have, well, any age of people have um, periods, regardless of if they're sexually active. So that's my dumb misconception that I had had. And I hope to make a segment and I would like to ask uh, my future guests on the podcast to go ahead and share their common misconceptions. And I'm hoping they're as embarrassing so that I have a little bit of solidarity because misery loves company, right? But I wanted to spend that last little chunk of time talking about what is natural family planning anyway. Now, again, this could be a thousand episodes in and of itself, but Natural family planning is also frequently referred to as fertility awareness-based methods. Um, And I've found in my um, scrolling, essentially, I want to call it research, but really all it is is scrolling through various fertility pages on Instagram or um, comments on Facebook and various natural family planning groups that the term fertility awareness-based methods is frequently used in the secular world and Though it means the same thing, natural family planning is frequently more used in the Catholic Christian world. They're the same process, but I think there's a couple of nuances that might separate the two. Fertility awareness-based methods, as 
um, as described in specifically the book I'm thinking of is called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. They allow the use of barriers and or the pull-out method, which is also referred to in the church as onanism, the fertility awareness-based methods, because there's no moral concern with many people, the secular individuals who use tracking for their family planning purposes. There's not any moral opposition to using a barrier method or pulling out. Obviously, with um, those who are Catholic, it is against church teaching because of theology of the body, because we should be um, free, total, faithful, and fruitful to our spouses and our spouses alone. Um, Barrier methods and pulling out are um, illicit in the church. So that would be, I think, the, the kind of main caveat that might separate the two. But um, I think that natural family planning in and of itself can be a misnomer because it can be used by anyone whether or not they're planning for a family. Like I said, you know, I think religious sisters should, if they don't already, um, would be an incredible ministry actually for religious sisters to um, have an opportunity to learn how to track their cycles. I think it'd be very, very beneficial for their overall mission to kind of understand the ins and outs and how they can care for themselves and keep themselves healthy and um, why they may or may not want to <laughs> punch a, a sister when they're very, very crabby and menstruating or pre-menstruating um, because of those hormone shifts. But um, other people who kind of talk on this in their realm of fertility include um, Pearl and Thistle. She's one of my faves to follow on Instagram. Um, and then a lot of nutritionists, Lumina Health on Instagram as well, all kind of talk about why these things um, these things are so important to understand. So I think natural family planning can be a misnomer. Um, and it also can be used as not, I think a lot of people also refer to it as Catholic contraception. And there are even some very, um, probably scrupulous would be the best word to use, scrupulous people out there who think that even as a Catholic, it is immoral to use natural family planning because it goes against God's plan. But uh, again, can't be a whole other episode on its own. But because you're cooperating with the way that God made your body and that there are naturally days that are infertile, i.e. not possible to become pregnant with from intercourse on certain days of your cycle, post-ovulation, that there is nothing illicit, and this is also according to church teaching, there is nothing illicit so long as you are properly discerning with your spouse and with God to determine the details of when you are or are not ready for another human to come into the world from your from your love. Other people that are really good at talking about this include Christopher West, obviously, as the whole leader of the Theology of the Body Institute has so many resources, numerous books, an amazing podcast with his wife, all talking about um, theology of the body, but a lot of kind of hit on why why sex is for marriage and including natural family planning and why it is licit according to church teachings. So all of that to say that 
natural family planning has a lot under its umbrella, but it's used for a lot and essentially it is a good thing. And because it's not just to postpone a pregnancy, it can also be used to intentionally plan for a pregnancy. Um, One particular thing that comes to mind is really just kind of spacing. So whether you're coming in from the fertility awareness-based methods realm, the natural family planning realm, or you had no idea about either of those things, there are so many subcategories to it, so many reasons and benefits for using them, making sure that you can regain your uh, strength and nutrition and energy levels after having a baby, being able to kind of readjust to life with that new kiddo before you decide to have another, or intentionally planning like, okay, I want to have a baby in June, so let's do the math. You know, 40 weeks prior to that, well, really 38 prior to that is when we should um, plan for our plan for our union to to have that baby with the caveat that knowing so long as you are properly discerning praying about your family planning goals that it is absolutely illicit healthy and even encouraged to use these methods to plan out spacing of children and all of that jazz again this is all just anecdotal um, but I will be having guests on for each individual, um, method because there are many in order to kind of touch on the pros and cons to that specific method, why it's used, where it came from, the history behind it, and, um, really just kind of the ease and the things that it can help an individual do regardless of, again, regardless of the family planning components of it, because it is more than that. So now you know when I use that term NFP and a thousand other acronyms that will come up, there is more to it than just the surface level definition. Thanks so much again for tuning in. I'm so excited to continue learning with you. The very next episode will have a guest on, so you won't hear me rambling, but I'm hoping that'll be an exciting new adventure to be an interviewer and uh, just kind of get to know this whole process, get to know my listeners. Make sure you go ahead and find me on Instagram at natural misconceptions and go ahead and click the link to get to my blog as well. I can go into more depth. I tend to ramble a little bit less when I'm typing as opposed to speaking. So hopefully everything will make good amount of sense as well as listing any resources that I mentioned, including taking charge of your fertility in the show notes so that you can go on your own journey learning about all this. Um, finding experts and um, diving in. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Natural Misconceptions podcast. My name is Stephanie Mora, and don't forget, there's no such thing as TMI. <laughs>